Hallelujah. Well, uh, let me, uh, I got to teach you some things. Some things, if you if you caught us online, uh, you may have heard, uh, but it's, it's going to take us somewhere. And, uh, you know, God's a God of providence, not of coincidence. And just all of us being connected like we're connected. Those of you that this is the first time you're hearing me, I was a 14-year drug addict drunk, locked up 20 times looking at 21 years in the penitentiary. Yeah, I'm home. And uh, I was a bad boy in a divorce with Mama Alberta. And Jesus interrupted that. And what uh, five drug programs couldn't do, what the military couldn't do, what the justice system couldn't do, what my family, friends, myself, and wife couldn't do, Jesus did in a moment of time, 16 July, 1988. Hallelujah. And uh, I was going to be this big rock and roll star. Had a rock and roll band. Getting ready to make our big break into fame and fortune. And uh, Jesus interrupted that. Uh, thank God for a wife that uh, made a $1,000 vow. And three days later, Jesus spoke to me audibly. And life has never been the same. And so... God's a master orchestrator. He knows how to orchestrate uh, and connect us uh, where we need to be connected. I mean, just, uh, you know, being in this pulpit is supernatural uh, when you go back to see how it happened. You're in Florida. I'm in Kentucky. I don't know you. You don't know me. And, uh, but God uh, brings it together for kingdom advancement and for your personal success and uh, nothing uh, surprises God but God is a surpriser God and so when uh, the uh, connection was made uh, it just gets stronger and stronger and uh, the atmosphere that is in this house has totally changed from the last time I was here. And now listen to me, when, when, when you are raising your children, you know that they're getting bigger because the shoes don't fit no more. But you're not seeing them grow. But then here comes Uncle Joe and he comes and he hasn't seen them in Two years and said, My goodness, look how much the children have grown. Are you following what I'm saying? And so I have been here in almost a year, and the level of uh, anointing that's in this house uh, from just, when I say just, uh, understand I'm not belittling it, uh, from uh, your uh, praise and worship is way above where it was before. And, uh, you know, the house word over this house is the year of restoration. Well, you can't be restored, restored without your mantle. 
and uh, you know the apostolic word is this is the year of the mantle preparing us for the year of the priesthood for the year of the priesthood 2024 and so uh, God gave me this word for this house and specifically for your pastors now if you understand connection here then you'll understand connection there because what happens to them if you're connected properly will happen to you see and it's not a gimmick it's just how things happen uh, and so I want to take us on a, a teaching journey uh, this morning and uh, don't 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 yawn, don't yawn, please, don't yawn. If you yawn, I'm going to have to uh, expose you. <laughs> Call you out. So go ahead and get rid of your yawn right now. I'm, I'm going to give you a yawn break right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, just like Mama Alberta said, uh, it was a Friday night. It was the 24th of February. And I preached at my church, and preaching was getting difficult. Uh, you know, I'm an hour, half, two hour, two and a half, three hour preacher. Did he say three hour? And... I'll expose some other things too. <laughs> it was it was the twenty fourth of February. I want you to remember that number twenty four. And I came home, and uh, my preaching. I'm really struggling at that time to preach. My strength is gone. Uh, as far as uh, I'm operating totally by what I know the word says and uh, at, meanwhile uh, disregarding the warnings of the Holy Ghost and I came home and I'm getting out of my suit all I want to do is get out of my suit and lay down now I, I'm just spent and I only preached like 45 minutes and uh, everything started spinning and Basically, uh, that's the last thing I remember. And uh, I woke up uh, in a hospital two or three days later. I don't even know how many days went by. And they got me tied up on the bed with this thing down my throat and all these lines coming into me. And Tiffy, y'all know Tiffy? Yeah. I'm looking over at her mad. You better get this thing out of my throat because I'm, I'm drugged up. And she's looking at me like, you know, she knows I'm trying to communicate. And then, anyways, uh, Dr. O would come in a short time later and let me know that uh, <laughs> I had died 
four times on the operating table and was raised up and uh, once at home and then another time when they got me to ICU where they put the paddles on me. And uh, so six times raised from the dead. And uh, yeah. But there was another thing happening. I was dealing with a stomach issue that was just trying to take me out. Uh, I would get uh, extreme pain in my stomach. Uh, I couldn't pass food properly. And it got so bad that I told Mama Alberta, I'm going to sleep downstairs in the lower level because I can't sleep. I'm up all night. And this is wearing me out. And I'm I'm got healing messages going on, you know, and and just uh, in a lot of pain. And so when I woke up in that hospital, they don't know that. They just know I had a heart attack, and then I came in there with a, a three level uh, hemoglobin, which it, you a dead man. They. One nurse told me that uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been working 20 years and I've never seen anybody alive that had a three-level hemoglobin and found out when you get to six, you're in danger zone. That's when they got to give you transfusions. And here I am preaching at a three, see. And so, uh, and I'm dealing with this. And so, uh, anyways, uh, after they untied me, took that thing out of my throat and, you know, uh, gave me blood transfusions and all this other stuff, uh, I got hungry. But I'm all drugged up on that morphine and Percocet and Dilata and, and, and uh, I, so I said to the doctors, can I eat something? They said, you can eat whatever you want. See, they don't know that something's wrong, right? And I'm all drugged up, right? So I'm going to eat. So they brought me food. I ate, the, I ate everything on there. Went into immediate pain, pain. And then that's when they discover, hey, you got a, you got a tumor in your colon. And uh, so uh, what happens there is... They got to transport me to another hospital, but because of the heart condition, they got me on blood thinners, and they don't want uh, to cut me open because they think I'll bleed out because they won't be able to stop, uh, stop the blood flow. But Dr. O has saw me being raised from the dead. And he's a Christian, he's, and he, he calls down there and says, you can operate on him, ain't nothing going to happen to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so they coordinated back and forth, and finally they said, okay, we're going to operate on, on him. And, and the surgeon that comes in, his name's Dr. Shirley, Christian. And, well, I asked him, are you a Christian? He said, yes, sir, I am. I said, you believe in prayer? He said, yes, sir, I do. I said, let's pray. He bowed his head, and I said, Father, God, you know, guide his, uh, his hands and all this, all that. When I'm done, he said, I agree with that. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
he told me, he said, uh, that tumor is in the best possible place to be removed. And so, you know, they do the surgery, blah, blah, blah. And the whole time I'm believing, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, that it's going to disappear. I've prayed for numerous people, right? And, and miracles, 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 right? But uh, anyways, uh, they do the operation, and uh, I'm laying in the hospital now after the operation, and, and they're, they're like, everything couldn't have gone any better, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'm laying there, and for whatever reason, I count the stables, and there's 24. That means nothing to me at the time. I don't even know why I counted them. But what the enemy meant for evil, God always turns around for good. And if you have prophetic ears and eyes, you see things that other people don't see. You hear things that other people don't hear. See? And so there, this 24, I forgot about it. And uh, later on, God spoke to me. He said, how many staples did you have? I'm like, what's he talking to me about this? Because when Dr. Shirley went to take the staples out, I'm, I'm laying on there. And he said, uh, Pastor Philip, I don't like to use this word, miracle, but you are one. Now, in other words, he don't use that word, Right? And so these 24 stables, uh, the Lord called me out on this 24. Now remember, this thing started with the heart attack on 24 February, right? And all of a sudden, God takes me on this 24 uh, number, prophetic number journey. Now, today is the 24th of September. That's why I had to be here because we're going into 2024. Come on, stay with me. Are you following this? Okay. And we just had Rosh Hashanah, 5784. You add those numbers up, 5 plus 7 is what? Plus 8. Plus four, 24. 24. Now you take you take the a calendar that we operate in, and uh, you know it's 2023. 20, but because the Jewish calendar, their new year started. If we look at 2024, and we add the 4,000 years, 6,024, and you subtract 57. 84 from it, you come out with 240. Are you following? All these things are significant. Now, I'm, now listen, I'm not this numbers guy, but when God says something about a number, like he did with 31, remember that? Right? Are you following this? Then there's something that needs to be seen. And I've seen people get goofy with numbers. I've got a great friend who just is totally whacked. 
he prophesied that the rapture would be the 17th of this past September, September 17th. Now, apparently we all missed the rapture. So, I, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be a good cheer. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, uh, this 24, he starts taking me on this journey. And when you see uh, how God sets the stage, God is fond, if you allow that word, of 24. Genesis chapter 1. First thing he does, light separates the light and darkness, and 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 uh, he called it day. God calls the twenty-four hour period. He's the one. He could have made it a thirty-hour. He could have made, you know, the Earth have to rotate even further, you know, and take a little longer. No, he did twenty-four hours. Jesus Himself said. Uh, 12 hours in a day ought we to work. Are you following what I'm saying? So this 24 hours, you see it in Genesis chapter 1 uh, in the first few verses. He start, And what he declares from the beginning, right? He declares the end from the beginning. And, uh, you know, we were, you, you talk about midnight. At midnight a cry was made. Well, in the military, midnight is what? 24 2,400 hours, right? They don't operate with 12 o'clock, right? And so uh, 24 was God's idea. And then he tells Adam, in the garden, there's gold, good gold. So we ain't talking about cheap gold. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't, don't, don't look at your neighbor. We ain't, we ain't talking about cheap gold. We're talking about if God says it's good gold, then it's 24. 24 karat gold. So he establishes the 24-hour day, Right? Right? Am I right about it? And 24 karat gold, right? And he has 24 elders around his throne. Does he not? Why not 25? I mean, well, that's how we, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. We don't go, you know, 6, 12, 18, 24. I had to think to do <laughs> God, Makaya Basatarabakoto. You keep opening your mouth wide, and God's going to keep filling it. You're going to hit a range like you've never hit before. You're going to hit octaves, low and high. In Jesus' name, out of your belly is going to flow songs, new songs, songs. You better start. Instead of just singing these little things, you better start writing these things down because you just think it's a little jingle, but it's, it's something God's placed inside of you, not just for you, it's for the body of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. 
Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this 24 thing, uh, we see then God has four pets. Those are pets. They're his pets around his throne. And each one has how many wings? Six. Help me out. Help me out. How many wings we're talking about then? Flapping around. 24. God, God seems to be intrigued <coughs> with his number 24. So when they, when, they, when, they, when they clamping me up, God moves on Dr. Shirley. Put another one in there. Don't stop at 23. Put another one in there. See? Because Jesus says in the book of Revelation, I'm the Alpha and what? The omega. omega is the 24th letter of the Greek alphabet. Now stay with me on this, right? And, and it means Omega. Mega is big, great. O means this is how this thing will end up. Omega. The grand finale. Come on now. You need follow me in this because we've gone way past coincidence. There's things in the Word of God now that we're going to discover concerning 24, but we've already just looked at practical things and seen how this number, and here it is, September 24th. Right now, I'm, there's no other place on the planet I'm supposed to be other than that pool where we're at. <laughs> then right here. See? Hallelujah. So, Rosh Hashanah just started. Correct. So, uh, on the Jewish calendar, we are in the new year. Right? And God's in the new. He, he, he's, he, he's into you and I experiencing the newness of life. And religion, like I was talking about a while ago, the reason their worship services are dead is because they don't have no truth. They've run out of truth. They're, 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 they're running on the truth of Fanny Crosby. So they're trying to sing that hymn over and over again, trying to get what Fanny Crosby downloaded from heaven that lit the place up back then. Y'all know about Fanny? Just Google Fanny. You don't know about Fanny? Fanny Crosby? Oh, wow, I think she's the one that wrote, uh, well, I don't, I'm not going to guess. But she, she was a hymn writer. Hallelujah. And see, I, I, I want you to understand, you, how many of you know when Roe versus Wade was overturned, that was a big deal? Half of you. How many of you know that was a big deal? Because this abortion thing, they target the black community. You do your research, they target the black community. It was overturned on the 24th of June. 
You're going to see over the next 24 months, Jesus ain't coming. See, there's all this preaching about Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, because people aren't hearing truth. And they see all the chaos that's going on in the world, and they think, well, Jesus is going to come at any moment. No, he's not. The restitution of all things which were spoken by the mouth of the holy prophets since the world began has to come to pass, and I ain't got all my stuff. Hey! See? So the next 24 months, and don't be surprised that the 24th of each month, I'd, I'd just kind of, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd just be kind of getting up on that day, just knowing that that's, that's, that's God's favorite prophetic number. All right. You remember when God created Adam? Let's go back to, let's go back to, let's stay in Genesis here. Remember when he created Adam? Seven of you. What are you teaching them here? We're talking Adam. We're talking A, B, C. You remember when God created Adam? Thank you. <laughs> oh, there's a liberty in here. He looked at everything and said, good, good, good. But when he looked at him, he said, this ain't good. He needs to help me. Now watch this. Your ribs, the normal rib cage is 24 ribs. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Yeah, maybe you need to adjust that where they can, yeah. Now you can hear me. Hallelujah. Turn, turn me down some, though. I... Hallelujah. 24 ribs. Got it? What did God use to create Eve? He put Adam into a deep sleep. Now, why wouldn't you take the heart of Adam? Well, he'd die. Well, not if he lived forever. Well, why are you taking a rib? It's buried. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, this is what, this is what you're being taught in here. <laughs> It was prophetic because Eve represents the bride, right? How many of you know the last Adam, Jesus, come on the scene, right? Uh, but he didn't take a rib from his side. It was blood and water flowed, right, giving us a whole new birth, right? So inside of the church, Eve, the bride, 
was Adam's 24th rib. This is how prophetic God was making the bride. So when they did fall, it's the heel of the woman shall bruise the head of Satan. Right? The church. Not this women's lib thing. I'm all about women having liberty. But let's stay, let's keep everything in, in course. Right? And so, uh, the 24th rib, and Adam says this, she is now bone of my bones. Right? She is now rib of my ribs. She now has the 24th in her. She is, 20, she is 24. And so God is going to birth out of Eve a generation of 24, prophetic 24s. Uh, all right. All right. We got we to get going here. Hallelujah. All right. Let's get over here into First uh, Chronicles. You're going to see how prophetic it is that you're in this church and that you're under this leadership. And here you are. On the 24th of September, hallelujah, and you, you visiting here, welcome into this prophetic river. Now watch this. This is King David dividing the sons of Aaron, verse 1. Do, do I have to tell you what chapter? Hello. Oh, my goodness. Hills block the view. When raining, use wipers. First Chronicles chapter 24 and verse number 1. Now these are the division of the sons of Aaron. So we're talking about the priesthood. And we get over here into verse, and he starts to, and David starts to divide them up. And in verse 4, and there were more chief men found of the sons of Eleazar than of the sons of Ithamar. And thus were they divided. Among the sons of Eleazar, there were how many? 
16 chief men of the house of the fathers, and how many? Eight. Eight among the sons of Ithamar, according to the house of the fathers. So how many? Oh, you, you were able to do that without even thinking. Right? So 24 then is the number of the priesthood. And it bears witness all the way through Scripture. So when I saw that, the Lord spoke to me and said, 2024 is the year of the priesthood. Now, he has never, ever talked to me this much in advance about a coming year. It's usually October, November, where he starts to drop something in my spirit, so on and so forth. No, he told me this way earlier this year, right? 20, 20, why? Because he knew that we had to be mantled upon for equipped for 2024, the priesthood. The priest just didn't come bouncing in, showing up. No, they were mantled upon, right? So I, I looked at Mom Alberta. I said, I said, Alberta, I said, I don't call her Mom Alberta. You understand that? <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> I said, Alberta, uh, 2024 is the year of the priesthood. Look at this. And she says, wow, what's, what's the Lord saying in this? This is when I first discovering this. And I, because the Lord will do nothing unless he reveals his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. And so I, I, I don't know. And so uh, we're laying in bed. It's 9 o'clock at night. Phone rings. And it's Pastor Danny. Now, if y'all know Danny, he's the numbers guy. And I thought to myself, what's he calling me at 9 o'clock? And so I answered the phone. And he said, hey, Pastor, I was studying something today. Thought, thought you might be interested in. I said, what's that? Now, this is the same day that the Lord tells me 24 is the number of the priesthood and that uh, 2024 will be the year of the priesthood. He said, did you know the number 24 uh, is the priesthood? I said, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> I said, say that again. He said, 24 is the number of the priesthood. He said, I've just been doing some studying here. I said, stop, time out, shut up you. <laughs> and I told him what happened. And he said, wow, something, something is on the horizon for 2024 as far as the priesthood. Now, see, we, we haven't understood priesthood like you're going to understand it for this uh, night is over. <laughs> you still all right? So right here we see that 24 is definitely uh, the, what God used for the priesthood. Do you see that? Okay. Now, uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me throw this in here. You remember Abraham had a promise of a son, Isaac. Remember that? And that promise came when he was 75 years old, right? And, uh, you know, I've preached it. Others have preached it uh, that, you know, 
uh, he staggered not for 25 years and so on and so forth. And 25 years later, uh, he got his promised son, Isaac. And the Lord called me out on that. He said, uh, you better look at the book. And, uh, well, let's look at the book. Go over here to Romans. Chapter 4, y'all good with the word, ain't you? I haven't preached since last Sunday, and I won't preach till next Sunday, so you, you it. <laughs> <laughs> Romans chapter 4, look at this in verse 19. And being not weak in faith, talking about Abraham, he considered his he considered not his own body now dead when he was when he was about a hundred years old. Not a hundred years old. About a hundred years old. And if you go on back into Genesis, you'll find out when he was ninety and nine, the Lord said to him, About this time of life you're gonna have embrace a son. So it was early in the year. Because this word about is the Greek word poo, where it means near, close to. He was 99 when Isaac was born, about to turn 100. 75 from, not plus, <laughs> minus from 99, right, is what? Why 24? Because out of the loins of Abraham, the priesthood is going to come. Out of the loins of Abraham, you and I, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And as Isaac was, so are, so are we, right? So... He waited 24 years. Why? Because God's got a prophetic timeline that he don't change for nobody. There are certain things that you and I can believe we receive anytime, anywhere. Salvation, baptism of the Holy Ghost, healing, so on and so forth, blessing. But there's some things you can't, you can't budge. There are some things that are just set uh, in the kingdom and we just have to come to them. In the fullness of time, God made a son made of a woman, right? When time got full, Jesus couldn't come at the time of Moses. There was a set time. See? And when we discover 2024 is a set time. Now, thank God for Jewish calendar. I'm all about it. The year of the open door and all this stuff. Well, you're going to see doors open like you ain't never seen. And uh, doors close right behind you. Uh, never, never, never to return. Hallelujah. So, let's go a little further. Go to Numbers chapter 7. Numbers chapter 7. 
we're just establishing some things. Because we the 24th rib. We the 24 ATM. <laughs> Get money 24 hours a day. Mailbox ain't open 24 hours a day. Numbers chapter 7. And let's look here. I got five pages of notes. And we're still on page two. Don't yawn. <laughs> Cover it up. Run to the bathroom and yawn. Watch this. Numbers chapter 7. Now, these are the princes bringing their offerings to dedicate the tabernacle. Are you there? Okay. So, let's just uh, look at this in verse number 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, They shall offer their offering each prince on his day for the dedicating of the altar. And he that offered his offering the first day was Nashon, the son of Aminadab, of the tribe of Judah. And his offering was one. Now, stay with me. Add these up as we go. His offering was one silver charger. The weight thereof was 130 shekels. One silver bowl of 70 shekels. Where are we at? After... The shekel of the sanctuary, both of them were full of fine flour mingled with oil for meat offering. One spoon of ten shekels of gold full of incense. One young bullock. One ram. One lamb of the first year for a burnt offering. One kid of the goats for a sin offering. And for a sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen. How, where are we at? Five rams, where we at? Five he goats, where we at? Five lambs of the first year. This was the offering of Nashon, the son of Amenadab. And if you go through all 12 of them, they all brought 24 as an offering. There's something significant, big time, about 24. This is not bending and twisting Scripture, trying to make something happen. Are you following this? But uh, if you go through every prince listed here, all of them, every single one of them. Now, where did they come up with 24? Where did they, where did, where did they come up with that? See, God's directing. God, God's the one that told Moses to tell them to bring an offering. And then he makes sure it's recorded. What difference is it? He could have just said, well, the first prince brought an offering, second prince brought an offering, third prince. No, God wants us to know that it was 24.
four. Are you following this? Okay. Now, let's let's go a little further. Let me let me give you some. Uh, go to Jeremiah. Yeah, just go to Jeremiah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah. Are you there? You know a chapter, right? Okay. <laughs> Jeremiah is the 24th book of the Bible. Thank you for your enthusiasm. God directs. He directs. And in this, we see the prophet Jeremiah prophesying about Zedekiah. Zedekiah is the king of Judah. What happened? The first king, who was the first king of Israel? You're going to have to work with these guys. <laughs> Saul, that's the correct answer, right? He's the first king who followed Saul. David, who followed David? Who followed Solomon? Now that's where it splits. Rehoboam and Jeroboam, they split. Israel follows Jeroboam. <laughs> Judah follows Rehoboam, right? And we know that Jesus, our high priest, came out of the tribe of Judah. So we're not going to track Israel's lineage, we're going to uh, track Rehoboam. And you go from Saul all the way to where we are, Zedekiah. There are 23 kings. You say, why did we stop at 23? Because Jesus would be 24. Come on now. It's prophetic. And uh, he, in chapter 24, look at this. It says here, well, let's, let's read this. And the Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs. Now, when you see figs, it, it, it represents the people of God, Right? Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple of the Lord. After that, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the princes of Judah with the carpenters and smiths from Jerusalem and had brought them to Babylon. One basket had very good figs, exceeding Grace Christian Center. 
even like the figs that are first dry. The other basket had very naughty figs. How you know? How many of you know we got some naughty figs in the body of Christ? I mean, we got some, we got we got some naughty preachers. Come on. Now you might not be uh, familiar with that word naughty, but the way I was raised, it was it was in our regular English language. You better stop being naughty to your sister, right? I had five sisters, and the reason I could run so fast is because I was if they, if they'd ever get a hold of me. All five of them wear me out. My brother's in Vietnam. He couldn't help me none. I'm on my own. So I had to know how to run and jump up in there and hit that screen door in that back porch and keep going right on out. They don't have the screen. You know they're the one that's all pushed out. Where you missed when you kicked. They got some naughty figs here, which could not be eaten. They were so bad. Then the Lord said unto me, what seest thou, Jeremiah? Jeremiah said, I see figs. They're good fig, figs, exceeding grace, Christian center, very good. And evil, very evil, that cannot be eaten. In other words, the word that's coming forth can't be digested. There's nothing there. They're telling you about, you know, we're going to grow a marijuana patch out back of the church. That's why we need all this property out here, right? Naughty figs. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Like these good figs, so will I acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. For I will set my eyes upon them for good. And I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them and not pull them down, and I will plant them and not pluck them up. And in this captivity, here's what's going to happen. I will give them a heart to know me. Well, I'll tell you what, if there's one thing about Mom Alberta, is her pursuit of knowing Jesus. I mean, she'll challenge you about her pursuit of God. You know, I've, I've walked in to our living room or, or wherever she may be when she's worshiping the Lord, and you talk about holy ground, her little hands up there, and, and, and she's just in this place. Jesus came down and danced with her way back yonder. 
and uh, it was so real to her. And my wife's a dancer. She says, she tells me I can't dance, but. I can, I can, I can move. Let's just say it that way. Have one lady say, how come you keep wiping your nose from all the cocaine you snorted? <laughs> no, it, it, it's really good. My nose running. Now, I snorted my share of cocaine, line upon line. That was years ago, not before I come in here. Come on. Some of y'all looking like, man, he on, I think he done snorted 24 lines for you. Naughty figs. <laughs> I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people. And I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with a whole heart. This is prophetic for what is happening right now. The government is trying to put us into captivity. They're trying to quench the voice of God. Any place that's preaching and proclaiming and prophesying truth, they want to shut it down. They don't care about the cowards. They don't care about the naughty figs. They don't care about those that are just uh, interested in having a crowd, but where the truth is going forth. Because when the truth hits people, it is contrary to what's coming out of that White House what's coming out of people's mouths, what's coming out of that media. And because of it, we are public enemy number one to them, and they want to shut our voice down. But the Word of God is not bound. We haven't even begun to open up our mouths. We got an open door wide open, wide open, wide open, running through that door. Jumping through that door, preaching through that door, teaching through that door, prophesying through that door. Hallelujah. When God opens a door, can no man shut it. Somebody shout. Hallelujah. Y'all feel that in here? That white rice doing pretty good. <laughs> Watch this now. Verse 7, I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people. I'll be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole Heart. Now, see, that's why, listen to me, that's why some people leave. 
They won't give God their whole heart. And you don't give God your whole heart because you said it. Because you don't even know your whole heart until you say it. Then God calls you out on it and shows you an area in your heart where it's going to put you on your knees when you realize, oh, God, I was selfish there. Oh, God, I was prideful there. Oh, God, I, I just wanted my own way there. Oh, God, not my will, but your will be done. Oh, God, you called me. Oh, God, you gifted me. I'm bought with a price. I'm not my own. Take everything. I surrender all. And when you get right there, you are getting ready for the priesthood, baby. This is a prophetic chapter. And as the evil figs, which cannot be eaten, they can have all the conferences they want. How to, how to be a success. They'll read a verse and put the Bible to the side. And all they're doing is teaching you the same thing they're teaching in, 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 the, in the business sector. See, verse 8, and as the evil figs which cannot be eaten, they're so evil. Surely thus saith the Lord, so will I give what? Who? 23. 23. This is what happens to the 23rd king of Judah. His princes, residue of Jerusalem that remain in this land and then that dwell in the land of Egypt. And I will deliver them to be removed into all the kingdoms there for their hurt, to be a reproach and a proverb, a taunt and a curse in all places where I shall drive them. He's talking about the naughty figs. And I will send the sword, the famine, the pestilence among them till they be consumed from off the land that I gave unto them and to their fathers. Naughty, naughty, naughty. But you and I, verse 7. Should I stop? All right. Let's go a little further here. Hallelujah. Let's go over here. Uh, yeah. Joshua. Joshua has 24 chapters. This is the promised land. This is the promised land book. You following this? So in chapter what? And verse what? We see this. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve. And his what? Voice. Now, you better get this. His voice will we obey. Now, 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 see, 
I've been pastoring a while. Well, God didn't tell me that. God tells me to do that, and then I'll do it. Now, listen. Did the book say it? Did your man or woman of God say it? Then there's a voice. I ain't talking about somebody giving their opinion. But I'm talking about somebody that is truly a voice from God. You guys have been with them from the get-go, right? Right? You've heard God speak through these two, right? Accuracy, right? Aren't you glad you stayed with it? No, seriously. Because I I had people that stayed with me uh, a long time like this and then veer off course. Why? They stop hearing the voice. There are many voices, the Bible says. Man, you can turn on Christian television, and this one says uh, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. The next one says he does it all the time. The next one says he don't ever do it. And, you, you know, you, you, which, which, which one is it? Well, which one's preaching the Word? And not just using Scripture and then closing it up and then and giving you their opinion. See, if I just came in here and said, I, uh, you know, I had surgery, and I'm, I'm glad to be alive, had 24 staples, uh, and 2024, you better look out. God's going to do things. Thank you very much. Uh, good to be with you all again. And walk out? No, we got to have some Scripture with this. we got, we got, we got to look at this under the micro, microscope. To know if this is really what God is saying. So when I can get up here and say, you better watch the next 24 months. The 20, well, I've been watching the past 24 months. Quit all that. We all have. Come on now. Snap out of that. Get your faith going here. Right? All right. So, listen to this. Let me give you a definition of a priest. Look up on the screen. Priest. Someone who is authorized to perform the sacred rites of a religion, especially sharing a specified state, condition, quality, or character. That's the priesthood put together, right? But just the priest definition is this. No, the other one. Yes. Let me read it to you. Someone who is authorized to perform the sacred rites of a religion, especially as a mediatory agent. Mediatory agent between humans and God. Between humans and God. Now follow this. Jesus is our mediator. Right? Jesus is our mediator. 
First Timothy 2.5 says there's one God and one mediator to, to, between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, right? So he is our media. He is where we get our news, and not just good news. See, when you're in, when you're in the flow of God, God will keep you up with current events ahead of them. He'll keep you out in front of them to where you say, oh, see, there it is. We heard that in church last month. That was prophesied a year ago. There it is. Are you following this? Right? So Jesus is a mediator between God and man. Right? So uh, as a priesthood, we are mediatory agents. Priesthood. Just get this definition right now. Right there. A mediate, yeah, mediatory agents between God and man. God is looking to you and I. To be the go-between between God and fallen man, sinful man, watch this, born-again man. He, he, uh, right here's your mediator for this church. He's going to hear from heaven, from God, and bring it to man. Uh, are, are you following this? And you, as someone that is born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, you have heard from God through the man of God, and in, as you walk in your priesthood, you are now the mediatory agent from somebody out there searching, somebody out there lost, somebody out there suicidal, somebody out there addicted, somebody out there ready to just give up on life, backslidden, and you are the connection point. You are the mediator. You better get ready for 2024 because we're going. This place ain't gonna hold it. What, what, what we're about to see is an influx of people because we're going to be walking in our priesthood like never before. We're going to understand our divine destiny. Our assignment is not to sit in church and look all cute, but to hear from heaven. And go out of these church walls. You talk about an open door. It's when you come in here and hear what God has said out of heaven. Then you go out that open door and let God open doors out there. Knowing that you're on a divine assignment. You are a mediator between God and that person. And that you may be the only one that they ever see. You are an able minister of the New Testament. And you, you might be the only one that they'll ever see in their life. And you can't, you can't sit there and be fighting within yourself, should I say something or not. No, we got to get bold in this thing. We have the answer to the world. We have the answer for addiction. We have answers for homosexuality. We have answers for everything out there. You and I, we are the priesthood. Shout. Now you get going like that, God will put you in your house quick. See, well, I don't know 
about all that. Yeah, see, that's your problem. You don't know about all that. That's why, that's why you got to be preached at. That's why you got to hear. I didn't know about all this. See? Follow this now. You're going to see how prophetic this really is here in a minute. So, do I have any priesthood candidates in here? 1 Peter 2, 5. 1 Peter 2, 5. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now see, there's that word, holy. Now it's one thing to sing to a holy God how holy He is. Be ye holy as I am holy. Well, can't nobody be holy like that. Well, we can, we can try. <laughs> well, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We ain't talking about that. We're talking about holiness. Righteousness, you and right standing with God. Holiness is right living. Well, you feel that little nervous wave in here? Ain't nobody yawning right now. See, ain't nobody yawning. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This priesthood and just ain't something you know. Well, I go, I go to Exceeding Grace Christian Center. Well, you're in the right place. But uh, there's, there's some qualifications. You can't be living, shall we just say, contraire. I'm trying to be nice. You didn't get no exception pass. Holiness is right living. Well, I'm living right. According to who? My offering just went down. My offering just went down. That's all right. I was rich when I came in here. I'll be rich when I leave. Keep your old sin offering. <laughs>
Hallelujah. No, seriously. We, we, we got we to got, we be pressing. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. We should be striving, striving to be living right. And when we do something, that's contrary. When we do something, we, we allow the conviction of the Holy Ghost to say, hey, that wasn't right. Lord, forgive me. Not, not, I know he'll forgive me, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. No, 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 no. Is it uh, verse 9? Verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. What kind of priesthood? Now, we, we, see, we're seeing what kind of priesthood we're supposed to be. What kind? Royal. Well, there went cheap. Cheap just went out the door. My God. Come on, man of God. Don't get mad. Because I said I was rich. I gave away everything that we had. Eight-acre farm, four cars, all of our money, all of our jewelry, every, all the way down to our pets. We gave everything away. And we weren't poor when Jesus found us. So I make no apologies for standing in front of you, rich. And this man is teaching you how to become rich. And if you'll listen to what and obey the voice that God has placed over your life, you won't be sitting there like this, glaring at that white man on here, come in here, say he all rich. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved, and he is rich unto all. He became poor. Do we have to? Do we have to nurse you along? The rabbis, listen to this. The rabbis said that the, the newborn babies must nurse twenty-four months. Twenty-four months. Don't care if little junior. Is, is, is pulling a hot dog off the table. Keep, keep, keep him nursing. <laughs> Give him a little milk with that hot dog. I'm just telling you what the rabbis say. And if they, if they nurse after 24 months, it's an abomination. So people have been sitting in church for two years desiring the sincere milk of the word. If you haven't grown up, passed the milk into the meat, it's an abomination. You ain't doing the word. I'm just preaching one time. I'm so this priesthood is a holy, royal, royal. 
Royal. That, that, that's kind of like, you know, kingly. Right? I mean, doesn't, doesn't royal have any kind of like pros, prosperous in it? I mean, can, can we squeeze that into? I mean, I, you know, uh, in the Marshall Islands where I was a missionary, uh, it's, it's, they called it the slum of the Pacific. But the king? But the king? He'd be going to Las Vegas. Got a condo in Hawaii. Hello? Different. And he ain't got no job. He just came. You following this? So this priesthood is more than you looking religiously cute. Holy and royal. And see, to be prosperous, you have to, I'm talking about the true prosperity, you have to be living right. Money will destroy a fool. See, see, and God will test you with it. Get a little jingle in your pocket, you think you owe that. Got a thousand dollars in your checking account, thinking, boy, you, I mean, you just all kick a thousand dollars. Ten thousand, ten thousand dollars, hundred thousand, hundred thousand dollars. Now, see, when I said hundred thousand, some of y'all went. Because to you, it just tripped your circuit breaker. But yet, but yet when Pastor Jonathan's talking about uh, the millionaire covenant, you're shouting. What will you be faithful with? I'm telling you, 2024 is coming. You don't want to be a naughty fig. Let's just bask in that little nervous quiet. Hum. <laughs> I better, I better get this done. That swimming pool's calling my name. Second Samuel twenty-one. We're almost there. Second Samuel, Chapter Twenty One. Let me know when you're there by saying Hallelujah. And let's go to verse 19. And there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines where Elhanan, the son of Jeragim, 
a Bethlehemite, slew the brother of Goliath, the Kittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was yet a battle in Gath, where was a man of great stature that had on his hands six fingers, and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number, and he also was born to the giant. And when that 24 demonic counterfeit defied Israel, Pastor Jonathan, the son of Shimei, the brother of David, slew him. Follow this. Now, I'm not making fun of anybody that has an extra something. I, had a, I, had a, I knew a guy that had, you know, his thumb. He had like two thumbs. You know, just, you know. And we worked on cars together. Had me at ranch. And he couldn't help but see that thumb. <laughs> but my boy, he could turn them ranches. Maybe, you know, had, had a little extra help there. I'm not making fun. It's just, it was a, it's a true story. Why do we need to know how many toes and how many fingers? But God puts it in there. God puts it in there. 24. The enemy always tries to duplicate counterfeit and he he's using this giant to defy the people of God with 24 as his banner now let me tell you something about uh, Pastor Kimberly I know you uh, have a degree in uh, what is it chemistry I discovered this last night there are 24 synthetic chemical elements. Synthetic. Synthetic. Not the real thing. Now, now, now follow me in this. There's 24. And how they found this out was with the atom bomb. Are you following? Because after they fired that thing, right, all of a sudden there's 24 man-made, man-made elements, chemical elements that were not natural. Put up that uh, uh, paragraph there for me, please. No, the paragraph about the uh, synthetic. You find it there? Let me read it to you. Because I found this very interesting 
with all this AI stuff. Now listen to this. A synthetic element is one of 24 known chemical elements that do not occur naturally on earth. There it is up on the screen. Right? You, are you following me so far? 24 now. Remember the giant 24. Counterfeit. Right? These 24 chemical elements have been created by human manipulation of fundamental particles in a nuclear reactor, a particle accelerator, or the explosion of an atom bomb. Because of this manipulation, these 24 chemical elements are called synthetic, artificial, man-made. Now, folks, this is what the world is, is messing around with. Because they, they, they think they can create a human being. That's why they're trying to get your kids all messed up, whether they're a boy or girl. That's real easy to know. You got one of these little things? Y'all understand these little things? Then what would this be? Boy, I ain't getting nothing here. What would this be? My sister. My sister. I come home from the hospital, just a newborn babe. Mom put me on the table, told my sister to watch me, my older sister, I got five sisters, uh, 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 to watch me. And she's used to watching girl after girl after girl. She pulled down my diaper and I peed right in her face. <laughs> True story. That's a boy. I said, that's a boy. Now, my five sisters put wigs on me, makeup on me, sit there, and I had to be this alive mannequin while they making their dresses. But I never, I said I never, I said I never was confused with that wig on, with that dress on, that I might be something else. I could see me going up to my dad. Dad, me and you have, need to have a talk. He got, he got a newspaper up. Mm. That, that was his. What do you want? Mm. I think I'm a girl. I'd like to have an operation. I want to cut this off. <laughs> About that time, he done reading. He done grunting. And he going to show me real quick 
that I's a boy. <laughs> Folks, how, the, the, the world out there is trying to create, trying to be a creator. And they think through all these different ways of creating this, creating that. Got a robot does this over here. Got, uh, got, got this AI little thing over here that will talk back to you. And you ask them a question, they'll give you this back. and blah, 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 Thinking that they can get to this utopia where death is no longer. We now got rid of those Jesus people. And now we create our own race of people that will live forever in luxury. And I got news for them. 24. Come on, somebody. They're crazy. They're insane. They've lost their minds. Who the God of this world have blinded the minds of those that believe not. Go yawn, brother. Go yawn. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do you see, do you see, when we were missionaries in the Marshall Islands, there's an island called Anawetok. And Anawetok is where they tested another one of the atom bombs. They uh, had a, a, a several ships and boats anchored there that were of no use anymore, and they're just going to practice with them. And they uh, dropped it, bam, and all of them sunk and all that other stuff. But now it's radioactive. Anawetok is radioactive. And God speaks to me and says, I want you to go, Anawetok. Come here. I'd love to go. The pastor says not to go. All the people say not to go. The Marshallese won't go. Why are you sending me to Anawetok? What's your problem? Well, what my problem is, is they going to uh, feed me fish <laughs> that's been eaten out of them radioactive waters. And what it causes is, is what's called beep beep. And you can start losing your eyesight. Diarrhea, throwing up, sick, sick, sick. Not sick, 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 but sick, sick, sick. Right? He said, I want you to go down and we talk. Okay. In the name of Jesus. Now listen, folks. Do we believe the word? I said, do we believe it? Or do we just believe it in here? Now, I would never have gone if somebody said, Anna, we talk, it's radioactive. Ooh, I'm going there. No, I got a word. Where the word of a king is, there's power. And we go to Anna, we talk. And I'm telling you what. See, 
all this mess out here with the COVID. They're trying to resurface all that. They're trying to, you know, bring shutdowns again. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't really get over on us the first time. But we know a whole lot more than we did. As for me and my house, I said, as for me and my house, we're going to keep on serving the Lord. And we went down and we talked. And the miracles that happened in Anahuitoc, just astounding. I, I tell this testimony, I probably told it here. But uh, uh, the miracles were popping, and it, the word got out to the other side of the island. And this lady that wasn't a Christian, her baby's dying. Now, in the Marshall Islands, on those outer islands, they celebrate one-year birthday. They don't celebrate anymore because if a baby lives one year, chances are they're going to live. Most of them die because of the fever. They ain't got no medicine. They ain't got no doctors. They ain't got no word, right? And so uh, I got a miracle line going. People are just getting healed like this. I mean, just as soon as I'm touching them, no matter what it was, they're getting healed. No exaggeration. And I look out the back door. And when I say back door, it had no swinging doors, just wide open there. And she's sitting there, not sitting there, she's standing there with her child. And the child, its legs are, are hanging and arms are hanging unconscious. And I'm like, how come she won't come in, right? And I said to my interpreter, how come she won't come in? He sends them back and they come back. She's scared to. She's not, she not a Christian. And she, she's scared to come in the church. I said, tell her, come in here. So she comes in, and uh, when they, they, she's standing right here, interpreter right here, Mama Alberta right here. And uh, I look at this child, and just moments, I'm not exaggerating, moments away from death. And I put my hand on her forehead and she don't respond nothing but it's on fire fever it, she is on fire and I don't know what to do mama Alberta grabs her little hands holding her hands and she says to me Philip this child's on fire and I took my hand and I said in Jesus name In Jesus' name, second time. In Jesus' name, the third time, that fever leaped into my hand. And before I could say anything, Alberta says, she's got a hold of her hand. She says, it's gone. And the, and, the, and the little child opens up her eyes, starts kicking, sets them down, takes out running. Mama got saved. Mama got saved. That radioactive stuff never messed with us. We got something stronger. But the devil's out here to try to counterfeit <clears throat> what God is doing. Now I'm closing to help you out. I'm closing. This is, you better listen. When did you all get married? So next year will be 24. Only God can make this happen. 
Only God can make this happen. That you two would meet. And I've heard the story. It's hilarious. <laughs> you get married in 2000 knowing that your spiritual dad would be in this pulpit on the 24th of September going into the year 2024 well, you will be married 24 years. Oh, that's just, that's just coincidence. No, 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 no. It's divine providence. It's divine providence. Now, follow this. Because, Pastor Jonathan, I'm going to say this. Well, oh, I about forgot that. Pastor Danny, let me let me inject this. Pastor Danny calls me up oh, about two weeks ago. He said, guess what I discovered? I said, what's that? He said, you know when Jesus rose from the dead? I said, yeah. He said there was a there was a 500. Remember when he showed himself to 500? Remember that? He said, but how many was in the upper room? 120. All right, mathematicians, what percentage is 120 of 500? 125 would be 25. It is exactly, I said is it is exactly 24%. Why? God keeping to his prophetic number. There are 24 apostles named in the New Testament. God keeping to his prophetic number. So here we are with your pastors going into their 2024 and their 24 years of, ma of, of marriage. And the Lord gave me this. For you guys, just just simple, and I'm done. I'm gonna sit down. I'm done. You know, like the twenty-fifth year of marriage is a silver marriage. Fiftieth is a golden. I didn't think twenty-four had anything. Twenty-four wedding anniversary is the music instrument. Anniversary. Get your harmonica out. <laughs> it's the music instrument anniversary. Praise. We're the instruments. When it talks about the five, uh, ten string instruments, these are your ten string instruments. See, you following this? And the gemstone is tanzanite, rich purple color. Hallelujah. Get your order in.
I'm helping you. Here's the word I have for you on, and I'm sitting down, because the word I'm going to give them is the word for you. It's not a thus saith the Lord, this, 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 this. This is God saying to them, Job 8, 7. 8 is the number of new beginnings. 7 is the number of completion. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end should greatly increase. This will be, he, he will preach about, how many of you remember when we were in the little church? <laughs> Meaning this. Jonathan, Kimberly, they're Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Kimberly to you. Kids, though your beginning was small. You are entering in to the latter end. Nothing, nothing will be the same. Now watch this. The CSB says it this way. CSB. CSB, please. I'm looking back there. Oh, Jesus. Got all these cameras running all over the place. Let me look at this way. Then even if your beginnings were modest, your final days will be full of prosperity. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Now the CEB, although your former state was ordinary, your future will be extraordinary. Come on now. This is, I'm telling you, I'm prophesying the Word of God over you and over this house. I don't need to add anything to it. Ain't going to take nothing from it. This is God saying this house is going to experience growth, blessing, prosperity, miracles, people, assignments like never, ever before. That's what I'm saying. Look at the CEV. Your future. Your future. And I'll just say this, your near future. Your future will be brighter by far. By far, bye-bye. Than your past. The GW translation. Then what you had in the past will seem small compared with the great prosperity you'll have in the future. You're going to be glad you stayed with it who you stayed with. 
the TLB, though you started with little. <laughs> ah, though you started with little, God takes little and he makes much out of it. Though you started with little, you will end with much. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! One more and I'm done. The NCB. Your formal state Your formal state will sing. What? Inconsequential in the light of your future prosperity. I know it seems like it's been a long time. I know you've had to stand through the fire. I know you've had to walk through the flood. I know disappointment came. I know discouragement came. I know fear was stalking. I know the enemy was saying you're crazy. I know, the, I know that he was saying it ain't never gonna happen. But all that will seem inconsequential in the light of your future prosperity. I hear God saying, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Shout! 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 Come on! Shout about it! I release in this house the next 24 months miracles, signs, wonders of healing, of prosperity, of houses and lands, 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 properties, properties, properties. I hear it. I hear it. I hear the sound of land. I hear the sound of property. Hey. I thank you, Lord. You have a priesthood army right here. Holy. Royal, mediatory agents to take you to this community, this region and beyond. I thank you, Lord, they'll not draw back. They'll not shrink. But you've appointed this time and they've endured hardship. They've endured attacks. They've endured every kind of weapon 
that the enemy could form. And here they are, standing, rejoicing, believing in your faithfulness. the whole earth looking for them looking for them with that perfect and upright heart to display his master plan to reveal precious truth that will be obedient through all the affairs of life that have not entangled themselves with the deceptions of the world and are being that extended hand 